Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Good morning and welcome to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Today is Wednesday, February 15th, 2023. The weather today will be a high of minus 7 degrees in Edmonton, 1 degree in Calgary, minus 14 degrees in Saskatoon, and 14 degrees in Toronto. Thanks, Evie. Hey, everybody. We're broadcasting live as we do every morning, Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Mountain Time on the Podbean app. Come join the live show. Get your questions answered. Uh, it's pretty easy. All you got to do is just download the app and uh, and follow the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. You'll get notified at 6 a.m. that we are live. You come on in here. There's a chat box. There's a call-in button you can click. Ask any questions you want about real estate. We'll answer them for free. Free coaching every morning. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Who do we got joining us this morning? Uh, you're going to have to help me out. Right. I just, just popped in the live chat. Okay. Well, we got, uh, we got Eric. <laughs> let we me got, guess, Listina. Uh, what's that? I said, let me guess, Listina. Yeah, Listina's here as well. Scotty's here. Uh, Cody, good to see you. Uh, Chaston's here, all the way from Saskatoon. Um, Don coming in from Edmonton. Not sure where in Edmonton. Uh, somewhere in Edmonton. Just outside. Just Around outside? Outskirts, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Is we, she? We have El Ray. Good morning, El Ray. Hey, El Ray. How's it going? Good morning, Glenn. El Ray didn't bring me any cookies last week. No big deal. <gasps> this week, no big deal. Good morning, Nathan. Everybody got cookies. <laughs> Good morning, Ken. <laughs> I was just keeping track of um, who didn't get cookies because it was a lot easier to keep track of who didn't get cookies than who did. <laughs> no big deal. Good morning, Tyson. Denis. <laughs> Good morning, Leo. Paul. Oh my God, that latte is delicious. Thank you. Good morning, Nasir and Joshua. You, you do a little pump of caramel in there for me this morning? I did, yeah. Wow. <laughs> She's making up for how she treated me yesterday morning. <laughs> Jagger's here as well. Did you get the Jagger? No. Jeff, maybe Matt's I missed here. some people. I saw that you said Don, and I was like, oh, I have Don here. So I thought that I was taking over. Mm. Francis is here. I missed a lot Francis, of people. Francis. Uh, hey, Evie. She can't hear you. Ah, she got her headphones on. Okay. <laughs> uh, France, Francis says thank you for the weather. <laughs> Francis says thank you for the Calgary weather. You're welcome. She says you're welcome. <laughs> She's doing her own thing over there. Paul's here as well. Good morning. Uh, uh, Nasir, good morning Yes, from Brampton. And Emily just uh, joined us also. Good morning. Ah, Jagger says, anyone going to the wholesaling workshop in March? Um, Paul March 18th. Is. Hmm? Paul is. Paul is. <laughs> I is. Wayne is. I'll be there. 100% I'm going to be there. <laughs> it's going to be a blast. Um, March 18th, if you're interested. Um, Barry McGuire's wholesaling workshop that's all you need to know other than uh barrymaguire.ca is where you register um yeah very 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 looking forward to that uh uh, as well um march 4th we're gonna uh we're gonna be back in calgary again at the very least me uh for the rei masters next rei masters networking event in calgary um tickets are going to be going on sale tomorrow for that it's going to be the topic is going to be financing your real estate deals we got a representative from Calvert coming as well. We've got Keaton Kirkwood, uh, investor focused mortgage broker. Um, Going to have a little panel discussion and Q&A on, uh, on financing your real estate deals. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. So pencil that in for March 4th. Also pencil it in to be here on the live show tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Mountain Time when we release the tickets. We'll let you know. We're going to let you guys know first. Loyal listeners in the morning get first dibs. So um so make sure you're here tomorrow after, morning. After mentees. 
after our mentorship program. <laughs> yes. Um, They're always number one in our hearts. Number one. <laughs> Um, Jager says, thanks for the 30% off on the wholesaling course. Not a problem. Not a problem. Yeah. If you guys look in the show notes here, um, there's a discount code, uh, for the workshop. I got you guys, um, 30% off. Uh, all you got to do is use the discount code REI masters and you'll get 30% off on that wholesaling workshop. Pretty sweet. Looking forward to seeing everybody there. Uh, Lori and Brooker just kind of sneaked into the back of the room. Snuck. Kyle did snack sn sn snacked. <laughs> And Alan and snickered. Sheila. They snickered. <laughs> Kyle and uh, Sean as well. Brooker snickered. Mary snickered right in there, right in the back of the room. Good morning. Grammar's <laughs> fun. Um, <clears throat> I don't see any questions. No, no questions. Son of a bitch. And I don't have anything banked. Um, should, should we talk about... Um, relationships again? <laughs> the inspection that we had on uh yeah oh i just i just remembered something that i really need to make sure i do first thing this morning so i'm just gonna make myself you a make your note. note we're gonna talk if you guys recall we had that property where um that guy called in you remember the guy oh no not that one nope nope not that one that was, uh, <laughs> uh the guy called in <gasps> did i delete it Ooh, and kyle's getting ready he's he's about to give us a scenario to dive into Okay, hang on a second. Did I did I delete it? What what? Well, just everybody's calm down. Remember that guy? Oh hi, I'm just inquiring if you are the property manager for in Edmonton. Um, I've got some information that you'd like to hear about your basement tenant. If you can call me back at seven eight zero, it would be lovely to discuss with you. Thank you. That guy. He, uh, he, he randomly called us, was that last week? Yeah. Last week. And, uh, got on the phone with him and told us that, uh, our tenant downstairs is a, is a, is a, is a, is a, is a pothead. She's a, she's a pothead and she's smoking dope in the bathroom and cigarettes. And there's, there's holes in the wall. And, um, he's been paying for her rent and, and, um, she took, she took possession, not possession. Um, what do you call it? Uh, with children, um, not possession. <laughs> she took possession of her children. Custody. Custody. <laughs> Custody is nine tenths of the law. Um, uh, she took custody of the kid and, um, and she's a real piece of work. And so he called me to let me know as a good, you know, as a good Samaritan. And so we got a little worried there, you know, like, oh shit, like we got a problem. Someone's smoking in the unit. There's holes in the wall. You know, she just missed last month's rent and didn't seem like she was going to be able to fix it. Well, anyways, we got an update on that. Um, let's take a, a little commercial break and then uh, we'll, we'll fill you guys in on that story. Some of you might have heard us talking about DCI Properties and how much we like their process and deal flow as one of the premier wholesaling companies in Canada. But one of the things most people don't know about DCI Properties is that they don't cherry pick deals for themselves. Everything they get under contract, they offer out to their buyers list. That's right, no sloppy seconds from no DCI. No sloppy seconds. <laughs> so if you're an investor looking for their next flip project or cash flowing rental property, get on their buyers list today and check out their inventory. To get on the list for Alberta deals, visit www.dciproperties.ca slash Alberta buyers, or for Ontario deals, go to www.dciproperties.ca slash buyers. And we are back. Um, looks like a couple questions are coming in as well, mm -hmm. um, which I'm just going to uh, just save right here. But uh, on the topic of that uh, rental property, do you want to fill them in? Obviously, we um, we got the rent. Yep. She ended up paying the rent um, ahead of schedule for when she told us she'd have it paid by. So she she got us like half of it on the first and said she'll have the other half by the following Friday. Um, and she got it to us on the on last Wednesday, I believe. So a few days before she had told us she'd have it all paid up. So we were like, oh, wow, she actually did pay. We didn't like we thought that at this point we weren't getting anything. Yeah. So we were like, OK, that's good. 
that changed the scenario a little bit. Yeah. And so we were waiting for that rent to come in before we posted notice of an inspection because we wanted to make sure that we got full rent and then we would proceed taking care of whatever was going on. Yeah. Um, so got the rent and we decided to kind of diffuse the situation and not come in hot with a 24 hour inspection notice and, you know, pointing fingers and getting all hasty. And we decided to just wait a day or two after the rent came in and say, Hey, uh, scheduling our quarterly inspections next week. We got you booked in for Monday. We'll be there at such and such time. Uh, let us know if there's any issues we can take care of for you and we'll see you then. I mean, that should have been like the first, you know, um, first test, you know, what, what's the response from something like that? If she's got a, some major issues going on yeah, there. Yeah, she's got know. holes in the walls and that sort of thing. Is she going to freak out and start panicking? Oh, no, I'm not available <laughs> at that time. No, that doesn't work for me. Or, oh, hey, I've been meaning to talk to you, actually. You know what I mean? We, mm -hmm. That was our first little test to see, um, you know, what would what would surface. And, and nothing surfaced. No, she said, yeah, that sounds great. I'll be at work. Uh, my dog will be home. She's super friendly. Um, no problem. We yeah. were like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, um, we sent somebody down to do the inspection on Monday. Uh, REA odd jobs. We REA odd jobs. Yeah. And, uh, no, no holes in the walls. Not no a hole to be found. Nope. Um, did smell like uh, cigarettes and marijuana, but as you know, when people are smokers, um, generally the sweet is going to have that smell. Um, yeah, like, like she could have been smoking in there, but it's yeah. it's a tough one to prove. Yeah, you need you need an ashtray, really. Like you need an ashtray. Yeah, you need a picture of an ashtray to be able to prove that. It's a it's a hard one, or to catch them doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. If it's like overwhelming in there, you can, you know, but it just smells like it. And I've, I've been in the homes of people who smoke, but they smoke outside. Yeah. You know, it's all in their clothes. Like it's, it, the whole place is going to stink. So, um, that's a tough one. We, we, we did look in, you know, we had, um, um, the person that went and did the inspection, they did look in the bathroom and they found, you know, half a dart underneath the appliance or underneath the, uh, the vanity. Um, but I mean, it was, it wasn't lit, like it wasn't, it wasn't lit, lit or anything. You know like... what I mean? It could have fallen out of a pocket or something like that. So, um, we were kind of looking for evidence, but then we're also kind of trying to find out whether this is bullshit or not. Yeah. Whether he was trying to, um, fabricate something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no holes in the wall, like uh, none of the, and, and also the fact that there were no holes in the wall, you know, that means that he lied about one thing. Like it was, it was, yeah. it, it's, it's a, it's a clear lie. If he lied about that, then what else is he lying about? No, I mean like the yard was completely full of like dog feces, which is an ongoing problem with both of those tenants upstairs and downstairs. So we can't really use that as, as any ammunition to, to evict the tenant. And honestly with the, other than the fact that she stinks as a person um, and she was late on rent one, just once this month, we don't really have anything. Yeah. She's, she's a problem tenant. That's for sure. Yeah, we won't renew. But we actually don't have any grounds to evict her. And nor do we really know if there's anything that would warrant an eviction. Yeah, like, like no need to. Like, yeah. So it's, uh, it just, it escalated into, uh, she's more of a problem tenant than she was before. We're she's, definitely going to have our eyes on, on her, like heightened. Oh, give me, give me a reason, please. Yeah, yeah. Give me a reason. Cause, um, we're also worried about, um, the, you know, it's a suited property. So we're also worried about the, um, you know, ongoing relations with the upstairs tenant and we don't care about the upstairs tenant right now. He's an absolute, uh, dirt bag. bag. Um, so his lease is up this spring and he's out. Um, but she's there until September and I'm worried about whoever we bring in that there's going to be, you know, ongoing issues. And I don't want, um, you know, to start a new, a new tenancy with a new main floor tenant that way. So yeah, that is a concern that we're um, going to keep a close eye on. That, and I shouldn't say it out loud, but I'm kind of looking for a reason to, to get her out before the new tenant moves in upstairs. 
because yeah, we're just gonna we're gonna ruin a relationship with a perfectly good new tenant upstairs, right? Yeah. Um, because they're gonna be very unhappy with her. The fact that she doesn't clean up her dog feces and upstairs doesn't clean up their dog feces. Like we're coming into summer, right? Yeah. And we're ignoring it right now because we've both of them, I mean, we can't we're having a hard time getting both of them to do it. And we can't hold either of them accountable because we can't prove whose dog it came from. Yeah. Right. Now, if we remove the upstairs guy, then we can prove that it's the downstairs woman. But at that point, we're like, hey, upstairs is gone. I see one piece of feces here. You're you're out. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. I have to wait until May in order to enforce that. Um so you know, the person who's moving in in, you know, in May or June who wants to use that nice yard, but they can't because, you know, the person downstairs is mm-hmm. is making it difficult. It's Anyways, I, I, between the, between us, between the three of us, me, you, and Gabby, um, I'm kind of hoping she messes up. It just, it, we need a, we need a, we need to, we need a fresh start in yeah, that property. Absolutely. But, um, I actually had a really good conversation. Um, someone booked a coaching call with me yesterday. Um, and, and we had a good conversation about houses with secondary suites. And uh, you just got to lower your standards with those types of properties. Honestly, Um, you got to lower your standards for the types of tenants that you're going to be getting. And you also have to, um, you got to lower your standards with like, just like, there's going to be problems. Like your expectations of what you think that property is going to be like, just forget it. (laughs) Just like, just assume the worst. Just assume you're going to have really crappy tenants and they're not going to get along because like we've had some that are, that are good, but yeah. more often than not, they're not good. And it's or just, they're good until it's not. <laughs> but it's very rare that you'll have two people living, you know, on top of each other and above and below and, and they get along and they stay for five years. That does not happen in these types of properties. And I'm not just saying from our personal experience, I'm, I'm like speaking for other people and, and from what I've heard, it's like, it's a really great investment property on paper, but it's a, it's a bit of a pain in the butt. So you got to just lower your expectations um, and, and you'll, it's a little bit easier to get through. Um, yeah. I, some days I just, I think, man, you know, why don't we just resign the dick upstairs? And resign the woman downstairs and then just ignore them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, why am I putting myself through this? I'm just going to find another person who lives upstairs and they're going to be just the same. You know what I mean? They're going to be a problem. They're going to be complaining about the kid downstairs. You know what I mean? Complaining that there's dog feces everywhere in the yard. It's just, it's. Yeah, it's hard because you almost need to like perfectly match the upstairs and downstairs tenants. Like we have, um, we have a couple properties right now where we have um, a single person in both units and we literally like it's like harmonious and awesome and like zero complaints and actually like uh we're coming up on a full year and there's literally hasn't been a single like we haven't heard from them at all complaining about each other about any sort of situation but it's rare to find a single person to rent a a three-bedroom main floor suite like it's just not normal they come along every once in a while and, um, but those are you like, and so like, you can't just bank on that. You can't be like, that's the only person I'm going to rent to. Then why are you building three bedroom main floor suites? If that's your tenant profile that you're looking for, like that yeah. just doesn't make sense. Yeah. So it's like you normally like they're built for young families or for, you know, like different sort of situations like that. And in those situations, there's just like, it's just not always going to work out and you can try your best to match it so that, you know, like. Um, the person or, you know, the person upstairs has a couple kids and the person downstairs has a kid so that they understand there's going to be noise coming from both of them and there's more understanding, but that doesn't stop them from being like, oh my God, like you, you start villainizing each other because of the little quirks and the, like this one stays up until 10 and this one gets up at five in the morning and, and you know the kids always screaming in the middle of the night it's like there's only so much you can take of it before you start like demonizing and villainizing them and it's just inevitable it's it's what happens when you have somebody living above below or beside you 
We lived in a basement suite once. And and the homeowners lived upstairs, and it was an adult mom and daughter that were Luchadors. lovely. Luchadors. <laughs> The they were term. lovely, but every like we used to joke that they were Mexican wrestling because like <laughs> even though nothing was happening out of the ordinary, but it's just the noises, like the the thump. It was probably the cat jumping off of the couch. Like yeah. it was just like From every the little top rope. Yeah. <laughs> every little thing was like, oh my God. And we eventually were like, peace out. Like <laughs> we're not living in a basement anymore. Do you remember when they made us a meal? Like when we moved yeah. in? And there was a staple in here. They, they invited us over for for supper when we first moved in. I'm like, okay, all right. And they just want like wanted to get a, get to know us, and, and they made us a meal, and then uh, they made us like some dessert. And it was, I don't know, it it was it was like a rice pudding or something. It was some sort of a it was a it was a, a, a East Indian though. Like yeah, it 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 was a dessert uh, from uh, from their culture. And I mean, to me, it was milk and shreddies. That's what it tasted like. It was it was milk and shreddies. But um, so like, I'm, you know, I'm eating the milk, the, the shreddies, and um, I took a big bite and there was staples in it. <laughs> I kind of picked a few staples out of my mouth and I'm like, what the heck? And she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. We were doing crafts earlier with our grandkid. They must have put it in here. <laughs> they put staples in my dessert. Well, that was pretty funny. You digress. I digress. Uh, yeah, but they they were luchadors. Uh, I I don't I I think that they hit it, you know, from everyone. But yeah, they were jumping off the top rope like all day, every day, and just like ah. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, you're always gonna be dealing with that kind of shit when you're when you're living in suited houses. But again, it's all about like don't have high expectations with these properties. Just lower your expectations and you and you won't be uh, disappointed. Again, great therapy advice come, come from Wayne. Um, okay, so we'll keep you we'll keep you um, apprised um, with with how that develops. I, I even though it didn't really develop into anything, I thought it was going to develop into an, into an eviction, and yeah. this would be a full exercise that we could share with you guys over the next you know sixty mm-hmm. days. But it didn't, not yet at least. But you know, um, it was a false accusation. I don't know why he called. He was he's just trying to get his his ex wife evicted. Um, I, I I think I I I would have probably, you know tried a different approach i feel like he was trying to get us to like slap a 24-hour notice of inspection and like come in hot and like freak her out Mm. or something like that i don't know just like start shit you know what i mean yeah um but it was false so that's um it is what it is but she she is still a problem tenant so we'll keep an eye on it and uh if it does develop into an eviction then we'll let you guys know and we'll let you guys know how the rent comes through for for march 1st that's I can't thing. believe we're halfway through February already. Yes, ma'am. Damn. Yeah. Um, on to some questions that came in. Uh, Josh asked, uh, with your current flips for sale, do you guys have another flip under construction? How many do you plan to flip this year? Uh, we got a handful for sale right now, actually. And um, market's slow. And uh, we've been we've been talking strategy quite a bit here with how to handle the ones that are still on the market. Um, we are currently working on a few different uh, business projects right now, so we're a little tied up with bringing on new projects. I'd like to see these other ones sell first, and then we're going to reassess um, how many we do this year or when we do them. But the market, with the market being a little slow at the moment, we're just kind of keeping our finger on the pulse before we jump into, you know, a handful of other projects, flip projects. So at the moment, I'm so excited to see what, um, what the market does. Like this, like in the next month, I'm like, I legit can't wait to like find out what's going to (laughs) happen. Yeah. It's, it's so up in the air and it's, it's been hard to predict, um, so anyways, we're going to focus on what we're focusing on right now. And then uh, if there's opportunities to do it again, and then, then we'll hop onto it. But I want to see these other houses sell first. Yeah. Um, we're probably just going to dump them pretty soon, I think. 
Um, I've been thinking a lot about strategy on those things. I'll probably just dump them for a loss and then just uh, reassess in the market. Hard to say, but we'll see. Um, not all of them, by the way. Some of them, are, some of them, just a few of them that are just been sitting on the market since like November. I'm like, yeah, I think I'm done with them. Uh, Glenn, unrelated question. Oh, wait a second. Uh, yeah, let's, let's, let's hop over to Glenn's question. Um, we're going to be all over the place today. Okay. Um, should I post my new rental on my Facebook account? Like on your personal page? Mm-hmm. Uh, you should definitely post it on Marketplace. But that, is linked, Marketplace. that is linked to your personal it is, page. It is linked to your personal page, but it's not like posting the ad on your timeline. Um, I personally do not post my rental ads onto my timeline. Um, well, I mean, yeah, like who are you going to find? Your friends? Yeah. And I don't want to rent to my friends. Or your friends' friends. Or my friends' friends. Uh, becomes complicated when shit doesn't work out. When people don't do what they're supposed to do, you got to treat it like a business. Yeah. And when there's complications with relationships, yeah, it's just not worth it. Yeah. So that's a, a big N-O for me. Um, unless you, yeah, no, just no. Yeah, no, maybe so. No. Nah. No. Nah. I agree. I think you should keep business and uh and friends separate. Um Yeah, I, I always kind of shake my head or like tilt my head when I see people being like, Hey, you got a new rental, share it with all your friends. I'm like, don't do that. No, because what if their friends are shit? <laughs> Or they vouch for them and and then like something and then it's like, eh, they weren't the best. And then it's like, I don't know, like it just get it gets complicated. And you got your friend calling you up being like, hey. Yeah, yeah, they said that you did this. Steve, yeah, Steve <laughs> called and said you did this. What's going on, man? Can you, you think you can help him out and give him a few more weeks? You know, they're going through a hard time. Don't, oh, God, just too complicated. Yeah. Um. But I, I, I never liked the fact that Facebook Marketplace is probably one of the top places to rent your, or sorry, to, to post your rental ads right now. Um, At least here in Edmonton. Yeah. The platform is, is very user-friendly and um, for, for landlords and for tenants. So with that, uh, the, the problem is that your tenants have direct access to your Facebook page. And depend if you're a successful real estate investor, you should have a very, you know, um, active feed or active page um, trying to attract joint venture partners and opportunities and stuff. So if they see that uh, and you have a public um, profile, you know, they, they, they could be watching you, right? I mean, like, can I make a suggestion? Well, I was about to say, like, you know, if our tenants are watching my profile, they're going to see that I got a podcast. They're going to see that I'm talking shit about them in the morning. <laughs> right? They'd have to be pretty hardcore to listen to every episode, but yeah. True. Um, but what I was going to say is that I, I love it for the fact that we get to see their profiles and yeah. um, and get a, a feel for who they are before we decide to rent to them. Um, but also, like Wayne said, they also see ours and get to judge if we're the type of landlord that they want to uh, rent from. But with that being said, if you sign somebody on at that point, block them. So go back to their profile and block them so that they can't be, <clears throat> sorry, so that they can't be following you and watching what you're doing and can all you, that kind of stuff. Can you still follow them when you block them? Um, I don't know. No? No, nah, you can't. Yeah. yeah. Decide what's worth it for you. Yeah. That's, well, that's the, <laughs> yeah. Because I, I still want to be able to keep an eye on them. Can you um, unblock them if stuff starts to go weird? Um, it's hard, actually. Yeah? I blocked someone, and then I went to go unblock them, and it was actually – you can't even find them anymore. There is a way to do it on your on your PC or your Mac. Um, however, it's, it's, it's a bit of a process. But then again, I'm not keeping tabs on my mm-hmm. tenants anymore. But there were some tenants early on that we wanted to keep tabs on. Where are yeah. they going? Where are they living? If we need to serve them, you know, yeah. notice. Um, you know, did they get a new job? Who are they working for? Those types of things. 
um, it could be beneficial. So I, I'd, I'd say just block them while they're while they're tenants. And then if you need to unblock them to take a peek and see what's going on um, and find some information out, then yeah, then do it at that point. But yeah, you're right about Facebook. It's um, it is it's very helpful when someone uh, reaches out and applies or inquires through that marketplace because then you can go and look at their profile and get a really good look at who they are if they were if they respond through you know rent faster or kijiji or whatever else like your first in, initial pre-screening you know what i mean like you don't you don't really get to do any pre-screening before you you show them the suite yeah or the you know the property and i like to do that to kind of like filter out the bad apples and then save myself time from having to go down there, right? So if you got an opportunity to do a little pre-screening and, you know, um, you know, one example, the, 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 the fun example that we like to share of when Gabby Googled the person and she just got out of jail for stabbing her drug dealer. Um, yeah, that's my fave. You know, that was really good information. Mm-hmm. Saved, us, saved us a trip. Mm-hmm. You know, she could have been a really nice lady, but we weren't really interested. Yeah. Um, in that can of worms. Yeah. Uh, there's, and there's lots of those stories. That was just, that's like my fave, but there's lots of those. Like Googling the people is the best. <laughs> you can also like see, you know, I've seen some in the past where like, um, you know, I scroll down far enough and it says something like, I just got out of jail, never going back in ever again. I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Johnny asks, do you ask for a copy of their ID or something to prove their identity during the application? We yeah, do. yeah, but you don't normally get it till later on. Yeah, but before before keys are handed over for sure, so you could dodge a bullet if, if they aren't able oh, to provide that. for sure. Yeah, but yeah, we actually, um, our very first tenant uh, was not who they said they were. Really? Yeah. Well, okay. Um, maybe that's a little bit of a stretch, but they had like, um, they were falsifying, um, their identity to open accounts for all sorts of different things we found out afterwards. So for us, we, we had their real name, but, um, yeah, that was that, but that was the point where we were like, oh, wow, like we should really be asking for IDs. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. There was like, he was opening up accounts with like Shaw and stuff like that, wasn't he? Yeah. There was like a couple different names on a couple of different bills that were kind of left in the house. And as we were cleaning up the disaster that they left. Like we noticed like in the mailbox, because it was like a community mailbox as well, that like, yeah, there was some, I think it was after the fact I noticed that like he had different names on mail. So interesting. Yeah. Um, Okay, where do I go to next? We are all over the place with the questions today. It's going to be a hodgepodge kind of day. Um, Wayne and Gabby, what is the first consideration for a burr? Location or renos? Uh, Okay, what is the first consideration for a burr? And then location or renos required to bring up the value? Um. I was having a hard time just understanding. Piecing that together, yeah. Yeah. Do do you have it, Andy? No. Okay. Uh, first, uh, first consideration for a burr, I would say, is the uh, market comparables. Um, it's it's the most important uh, factor when you're determining whether you've got a good uh, burr project because you need to make sure that there is good sold comparables to compare it to. Like you need to renovate it to that spec, right? Mm-hmm. And even if you can find a property that's like heavily undervalued, that's great. But you still need to consider that the after repair value, you need 80% of the after repair value to be uh, more than the cost of buying the property and the renovation costs. So if you don't have good sold comparables, it doesn't matter how cheap the property is. When when it comes time to do the refinance and the bank sends the appraiser out to appraise the property and they can't give you a good appraisal, then you're screwed. So I'd say uh, I my first consideration is always just making sure there's a good spread between the after repair value and the purchase price. 
Um, location or rental is required to bring up the value. I mean, yeah, there also needs to be an opportunity. I'd, I'd say less about well, location is good because location is important because you're going to be renting it afterwards. There needs to be that consideration as well. You want to be you want to be renting it in a to someone in a in a good area or a decent area. And then the renovations, obviously, you know, how much of the renovations, um, how much do the renovations cost in order to bring it up to the value of the, you know, the, the, the sole comparables. Um, yeah, but I'd say the most, I'd say the, the most important consideration or the first consideration is, is there good market comparables? Because that's going to determine whether you're going to get that, that refinance, the, the, the right appraisal that you need for that refinance. Awesome. No follow-ups there? No. Okay. On to the next question. <laughs> Where are we at? 35 minutes in. Wow. Okay. This is one of those episodes that's going a little bit slower than usual. Am yeah. I am I answering questions quickly? Nah. I was going to say, like, I, I feel like I'm answering at the normal pace. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, dear God, Kyle. Okay. Let's see what I can do here. I haven't read this yet. I'm going to read it. If I can do it. I'll do it. If not, then I will answer the question on a piece of paper and read it tomorrow. <laughs> okay. So Kyle says, picture this. Picture a house with an assumable mortgage of $220,000 with a 1.94% interest rate until 2026. List price is $359,000. It has a three-bedroom, two-bath suite upstairs and a one-bedroom one bath suite in the basement. It's currently bringing in $2,500 a month. Tenant pays power and gas. Okay. 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 Okay, Kyle. Okay. Um, those numbers are very good. Mm-hmm. I, 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 know, I know this type of property. I know that rent. I know that price range. I can say for a fact that these are good numbers and also an assumable mortgage of $220,000 with a very low interest rate. That's good cash flow. I can tell you right now without running the numbers, pulling up my calculator, I can tell you right now that that is at least, at least $900 a month in cash flow. At least. How would you handle the difference? The $139,000 between the assumable mortgage amount and the sale price other than using cash or is it worth it? Hmm. Okay. So there's $139,000 difference. That's a good one. Could they VTB their equity? You could, but the first position lender is not going to like it. Yeah. Hmm. I, I'm going to have to think on that one. I, and you know what? I don't need, I don't need long to think. I need like three minutes, but three minutes of dead air time on a podcast <laughs> is pretty quiet. So I'm going to hold on to that question there and I'm going to put something together. But I think that my first initial thought is that I think putting money down, like the $139,000 cash, is worth it for that interest rate for three years. I think it's worth it. I think it's worth getting a joint venture partner. It's just my initial thoughts. And I'll come up with something else if I had the time. Um, my first initial thoughts is putting $140,000 in and getting that cash flow for three years and getting all that mortgage pay down and then refinancing it in three years when the mortgage term comes up. I think it's worth it. Um, think I, what do we got here? What's, uh, what's the mortgage payments on that? Uh, that'd be a tough one to, to figure out. Because I don't have the original terms. Yeah, it depends when they started. I, I would need out. the original mortgage terms to figure out what the mortgage payments on that property would be. But I'm willing to bet this price is three fifty nine. Yeah, I'd, I'd need the original mortgage uh, information in order to figure out what the mortgage payments are. 
uh, how long they've owned that property, 220,000. Kyle says I'll have more information this weekend. But let's, let's just, I, I know that this isn't going to be accurate, but let's go with, I'm going to run some random numbers here. What was that interest rate? 1.9. 1.94 or 1.49? 1.94. 1. 1. I'm going to, I'm just going to run some random generous numbers here. Just kind of see what I think the mortgage payment would be. I think the mortgage payment is somewhere between a thousand and eleven hundred. That's my that's my guesstimate. Uh, oops, sorry. Um, yeah, about a thousand. Um, because I I can't just put two hundred twenty thousand dollars in because their original mortgage. I don't know what I what how long it's advertised over. Yeah. So, uh, let's just assume that. The original principal mortgage was $280,000 at 1.94%. Your payment's going to be $1,025, right? And you get $1,025. Let's say property taxes are, ooh, I'm going to be generous and say $250. I, I looked at, um, this is probably Saskatoon or Regina. It's probably Saskatoon. Uh, let's say 250. I was looking at property taxes just last week there. It's, it's about the same as Edmonton. And uh, insurance, uh, 150. Uh, he just said 3,400. Sorry. Property taxes? Uh, I'm assuming so. Okay, 283 a month for property taxes, 150 for insurance. We are at 1450 for expenses and the rent is 2500. Is $2, so, yeah, I got about $1000. Not in. including water though. He said power and uh um so there'd be water and waste still that would come from there. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Um let's add another what 150? Sure, I don't know. Power and, and water or just water? Water and waste. Water and waste. Let's let's just be generous and add one fifty. Yeah, you're still at nine. I was nailed at nine hundred dollars a month in cash flow. Mm -hmm. Fucking nailed it, Gab. <laughs> I know my numbers. Um, your mortgage pay down for the next three years will be. Uh, about $20,000. Kyle thought it would be around 27. Yeah. It, yeah, it, it depends. It, yeah. Unless you have the original mortgage <laughs> yeah. um, terms, it's, it's really hard yeah. to, to figure it out. But I, I estimate, yeah, somewhere a little over $20,000. That's really good mortgage pay down right now. Because if you, if you were to change the, that from 1.94 up to 5.4%, which is the current interest rate, your mortgage payment is $550 more and your mortgage pay down uh, is $17,000. So you lose $3,000 with a mortgage pay down. Um, doesn't seem right. Maybe it is, maybe it doesn't. Uh, shouldn't be doing math in the podcast like this. But anyways, it's. Uh, I, I think it's worth it. I think it's worth it, and you can you can ride out the the whole mortgage interest rate thing for three years, and that's what everyone's estimating. They're all estimating that the interest rates should we should get a really good we should get a really good idea of where interest rates are going to be going back to in about two to three years. So, um, I think it'd be a decent investment for three years. Find a joint venture partner who can come in with the one hundred and forty for three years, and then refinance. Um, when you go and refinance, what, what's the current mortgage? Two twenty. Yes. Current mortgage of two hundred twenty thousand. They put one hundred forty thousand dollars down. Um. And then uh, when they refinance in three years, at the new appraised value of three hundred sixty thousand dollars, and eighty percent of that, two eighty-eight. Meaning. And they're gonna get uh, they're gonna get seventy thousand dollars back. 
they're going to get half of their their original investment back. I, I think it's worth it. Yeah. Anyways, um, but I'll put some more thought into it if I can come up with anything creative. You, I mean, there's like different stuff you can do, like a second mortgage. You know, you can put a VTB there, not a VTB because that doesn't make any sense. But uh, I mean, they could if they were okay with leaving their equity there. They can do a VTB after the fact, but the mortgage lender is not going to like that. Yeah, you can put an RRSP mortgage on it afterwards, after the fact. Mortgage lender will not like that, but if they don't know, um, you can put an RRSP mortgage on there for a high interest rate loan. Um, second mortgage, you can put uh, it's the regular second mortgage on there. It's going to be high interest. I don't know. It's just with with the increased interest on the second mortgage, it kind of um, eats away. Yeah. It eats away at the the fact that the you're, benefit of it. Yeah, it eats away at the benefit of your original under your first mortgage being so low. So it's it's kind of a wash. Um, so I think that the fact that you get the one point nine four percent mortgage for three years is the true benefit. It means you're going to have to put twice as much down payment down though for three years. Before you can get the other half of your down payment back. Anyways, I'll put some more thought into that. Okay. On to another question. Do we have any um, follow up to that? Uh, no, he just said, um, like, uh, was questioning a promissory note as well, but same thing with uh, that'll be a higher interest rate. Yeah, you're gonna you're yeah. gonna pay like twelve to fifteen percent on that promissory note. Yeah, and. Um, I mean, at that point, I think if you did the math, it's it's better off just to buy that property and pay the 5.4% interest on the whole, you know, 80% of it than to have, you know, $70,000 at 12% and have $220,000 at 1.94. Like it's, you know what I mean? It almost works out to be the same if you did the math. Yeah. Um, I just, I do want to point out, Kyle, that that is a really... That's actually a really good deal. Um, as is, yeah. I I would consider buying it if it's in decent condition. I would consider buying it just traditionally with your twenty percent down. That's a good rental property right there, mm -hmm. at five point four percent. Um, what did I say earlier? Um, your mortgage payment is going to be. Uh, shoot, what was the purchase price? Three sixty. Um, so your mortgage is 288. 5.4% is a $1,600 mortgage payment. Determined that the property taxes were 283. Insurance is 150. Cash flow is 500 bucks a month right now with today's interest rates. I wonder also if, um, considering that they have like an assumable mortgage, whatever that means these days, would they be willing to um, like AFS the the whole amount? You know what I mean? Like, would they be able? Would they be willing to take like a ten percent down payment or even a twenty percent down payment, and just AFS it at a median um, interest rate for three years until their mortgage is up? You mean wait for their equity for three years? Yeah. We'll get a portion of it up front. You know, like put a good down payment that's, so that you're putting 10 or 20% instead of 40. That's my wife right there. And then, you know, meet in the middle on the interest rates. They have a 1.94, but you're asking for the full, you know, so maybe they'll give you a 3% interest rate. That's, or a, that's the solution right there. I'm surprised I didn't come up with it. Um, you needed three minutes that we wouldn't give you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, maybe we'll talk more about that tomorrow. Uh, if you can get more information on it, um, I think an agreement for sale would be a better approach than the, sorry, my wife thinks uh, <laughs> that an agreement for sale would be a better approach than the assumable mortgage. And you give them, instead of putting $140,000 down, you give them $70,000 down and say you'll get your other $70,000 in three years at the end of the AFS term. At the end of the AFS term, which will mature at the end of their mortgage term, that's when you go back and you get your own mortgage. Yeah, I think that's the right approach. I think that's totally that great idea, Gab. Um, we can talk more about that tomorrow if you want to bring some more information. Walk you through that. I think he said this weekend he's going to know more. Okay, so maybe perfect. on Monday we can talk about it. Perfect. Yeah, uh, love me some creative deals.
Um, okay. Uh, on to a completely different topic. Uh, tax deductions. How the hell am I going to title this episode? <laughs> you know how ang- like I, I'm still, I'm still butthurt about it. Like that, that person that left that review on iTunes <laughs> that said like, the top, whatever they were talking about had nothing to do with like the topic that they called the podcast. I'm like, well, yeah, it's a fucking live morning show. It's a live morning show. We're having discussions and we're answering questions. How the hell am I supposed to keep it on topic? Most days we do. Most days I'll, I'll keep one. I'll kind of stick on one topic and then I can, I can title a podcast accordingly. But most podcasts, they have one guest and they talk about one topic. Still butthurt about that. But Anyways, today is going to be one of those days that the the, the, the title is not going to match. And I can only put, you know, real estate discussion as the title so many times. Yeah. Okay. So Jagger asks, uh, what are some valuable tax deductions you can take advantage of um, for either wholesaling, flipping, or renting? Oh, boy. Oh, my God. Um, I got an eight-hour course for you. <laughs> uh, okay. Let me... Oh, what's the best way to approach this? Okay. What I'm going to do is... Paul says tomorrow's topic. (laughs) I'm going to take a quick commercial break and jot down five, three to five notable ones. Sound good? Hi, folks. Barry McGuire here. I'm inviting you to join our free Facebook group, Barry McGuire's Creative Real Estate Education. We go live every Monday discussing all sorts of creative real estate strategies. You know, nothing can match the power of learning from Canada's top creative real estate experts. We provide you with the education and tools you need to close your first damn deal. It's the most important one. Join our free group, Barry McGuire's Creative Real Estate Education, and we'll see you Monday. Okay, boy, do we got a few for you. Thank you, Barry. It's funny because uh, we just talked about this on um, our one of my women's real estate investing mastermind groups on Monday, and I literally like pulled up um, like my my bookkeeping my like tax spreadsheet that I use to like document all of the write offs that we do. So it's a little bit top of mind, but it's also you know not even seven in the morning. So <laughs> there's lots, and uh, the best thing to do is to not worry about it. <laughs> Seriously, like you don't get into real estate investing to become an accountant. I, I I know through experience, but what you need is you as part of your power team, you need an investor-focused accountant. Yes. And if you can get an investor-focused accountant, they're going to tell you, hey, keep track of all this. Do you ever go out for this? Do you do this? Do you buy these things? Keep track of that. Hold those receipts. And they'll give you a small list of things to start with. And and we'll give you a small list as well. But I would strongly recommend, you know, speaking to an investor-focused accountant, get them on your power team and ask them, hey, what receipt should I be keeping? Um, I would also get in the habit of keeping any receipt. Um, start keeping receipts. <laughs> just in general. Um, I'm just going through the comments here before I before I answer these. Um, just to see if there's anything else that just came up. Um, okay, Jagger says, just give me an eight-hour course in eight minutes. Easy. <laughs> well, if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be me. And that's confidence right there. That's not cockiness, okay? That's just confidence. I know what I'm... Can, uh, can I start and you can... Uh, jump in because I did pull up my spreadsheet. So I have like a pretty good. Oh, snap. All right. Yeah, give her. <laughs> okay. So um, as far as like business expenses go and like this can, this, this can go for all areas. I know you kind of said like, what about for flips or rental properties or wholesaling? Um, this, it, it fits into all of them. So like when you think of business expenses, it's for whatever business you're running. So um, gifts, If you buy gifts for tenants or for contractors or for whomever, gifts, you can write off. um, Fuck, we should really, should we do this tomorrow? I feel like this is like, you know what's, (laughs) we're going to rip off 40 really great deductions and it's just going to get buried in an episode. Yeah, we can do it tomorrow. 
it's going to get buried in an episode and then someone's going to reach out to me on something. They're going to DM me and be like, hey, can you tell me what deductions I can have uh, for my, my real you estate business? You want to be able to send them to it. And I want to send them this podcast. But tomorrow. <laughs> Jaker says he's good with tomorrow. Sounds great. Because we can go a little bit more in depth too. If we do it right now, I'm literally going to be like, gifts, subscriptions, da-da. Marketing. Yeah. And, but we can actually like get into it with examples of what they would be. And there's so much. Yeah. Paul says it'll snowball. Yeah. And I, you, I think, don't, don't take this lightly. Like, seriously, I'm I'm not, I'm not just saying, hey, go talk to your professional. I'm I'm saying, go talk to your professional. 100%. There's like, you're spending money on this stuff anyways. And you can be deducting this from your income. Meaning, when you deduct it from your income, you are saving that int- like that tax that you would normally pay on that income. Yep. How that works is if you have $100,000 of personal income, let's say it's rental income or it's your job, whatever. If you deduct the $3,000 websites that you just created, it's a really nice website. Yeah, very nice. <laughs> Top-notch. You paid for it anyways. If you deduct that from your personal income taxes, means that you're that the money you're going to be taxed on now is only ninety seven thousand, meaning that you're not taxed on three thousand dollars. And if you're not taxed on three thousand dollars, that means you're not going to pay whatever. Let's say you're in a forty percent tax bracket. If you were to get taxed on that three thousand dollars at forty percent. means you're going to get taxed $1,200. So the fact that you deducted that, you saved $1,200. We um, we had our REI Masters networking event last weekend. And I went and got uh, myself a, a barbecue sandwich um, with a side of uh, mac and cheese and uh, cream corn. And I walked over, sat down, and Gabby goes, do you got your receipt? I'm like, uh, no, I threw it out. She goes, why'd you throw it out? It was a $30 receipt. It was like a $30 meal or 25 bucks or something like that. Let's say 30. That $30 receipt, if we're in a 40% tax bracket, means I'm, I'm, I just threw a $12 receipt in the garbage. Yep. Because I'm going to get taxed on that, on my personal income or my business income. But had I kept that receipt, I would have saved $12, right? I should probably save that receipt, right? (laughs) I sat down and I had lunch with all of you guys or dinner with all you guys. I should keep that, right? It's, there's, there's so many little things that like, if you ordered business cards and you spent a hundred dollars on business cards, right? There's a $40 savings on that, on that receipt for those business cards, 40 bucks. Cause you're going to reduce a hundred dollars off your income tax. Yeah. Which um, means so, 40%, yeah. $40, right? So we will, so um, we are definitely going to talk about this tomorrow in more depth, but um, just we'll quickly answer um, Eric's question here. He says, do you need to be incorporated to write off the business expenses? No. no. If you are like, if if you, I mean, you need to at least like own properties or like be in your investing like you you need to have something to claim it against you can't just Uh, be like i'm an investor even though you don't have anything and you're like i'm gonna write off this meal but there's like nothing to show that like you were you're in the business yeah you're in the business so you need to be in the business of it but if you own a couple of rental properties and you're going to learn more and educate yourself at this networking event you're going to claim the mileage to get there you're going to claim the ticket the money that you paid for that ticket you're going to claim the meal that you had while you were there and uh the mileage back home afterwards the business cards that you bought and handed out the business cards that you bought and handed out the yeah so like if you yeah no you don't need to be incorporated you just need to be in the business but not that fancy three piece that you wore yes (laughs) that's a bit of a stretch yeah um and it's all it's all You can't push it too hard. I mean, like it's all it's all good until you get audited, and then they then they're going to question the the decisions that yeah. you made. But and we can talk about that tomorrow too, because that's something I brought up with my mastermind group. Is that like the percentage in which we claimed um, has changed over the years as our business has grown? 
Mm-hmm. Um, so like, you know, if we're talking like workspace expenses, you know, claiming your, your office space as in your home that you're working out of, you know, it like, and your cell phone bill and you're like those types of things, like it maybe started out as like 25% and worked its way up now to like, say 50%. Like you don't just like, bam, right off the bat, I own a rental property. I'm going to claim 50% of my cell phone bill and 50% of my utilities and like all that kind of stuff. Like you need to show growth of your, of your business and of your, you know, whatever it is that you're doing to show that it would warrant that much usage of what you're claiming. Yeah. So, and we can, yeah, definitely talk about that. It'll be a fun topic for tomorrow. Absolutely. Okay guys, we'll see you then. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com. 